This is Driven Forward, Influential Leaders Powered by God's Will, hosted by me, Jordan Johnstone. The influential leader we will learn from this month is Maria Tapias. Maria is a highly successful marketing professional living in the Dallas area. But the Maria of today is a night and day difference from the little girl who was born in Columbia and ultimately raised in Miami. Even though she grew up in a religious family, Maria wrestled from an early age with questions about what a genuine relationship with God should look like and feel like. When her parents divorced and her father went back to Columbia, Maria had to navigate becoming a U.S. citizen and helping her mother and sister do the same. As the three of them adjusted to a new life in a new country, Maria began to learn more about who she was and what she wanted to do with her life. Listen now as Maria begins her story. Okay, so to kick off the conversation today, um, again, past listeners, you, this doesn't sound any you know different from what we've done before. Uh, so Maria, you only have a 30-second elevator ride to introduce yourself to someone. What do you say to make sure that they remember you? I would smile and I would <laughs> say, <laughs> hi, my name's Maria and... Uh, I feel good energy from you. I, you know, what do you do? Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? I would want to hear about them and then be able to say something about myself. So I, I do believe in um, channeling positive energy and, and making sure that a person has an opportunity to talk about themselves. That's very, very diplomatic of you. <laughs> <laughs> now, growing up, uh, where was home for you? So I was born in Colombia in South America, and I was there up until when I was seven. Then uh, we moved to Miami to, to the United States in 1981. So I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, uh, and uh, that's where I was, I would say, the first half of my life. So do you remember Columbia at all? I do. Um, yeah. So I actually have quite a bit of family still left in Columbia. Okay. Uh, and uh, yes, as a matter of fact, uh, whenever we've gotten a chance to go back, I like to go to the house where I grew up. Uh, so, so that's nice. And obviously, when you go back, everything just seems so much smaller than what you remember it when you were young. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do remember quite a bit. If you put me there and tried to get me to drive or anything like that, I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> you just remember the good stuff. <laughs> exactly. The, the good memories and, and going to the park, et cetera. I, and school, of course. I remember yeah. all of that. So Fort Lauderdale, you would say, would be home. Um, how did that city shape who you became? Cause I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear how that city shaped you. So that is a really excellent question because what Fort Lauderdale is today is very different than when it was in the eighties. Mm. Um, back then, uh, I would say that Fort Lauderdale was really what pushed my sister and I to become Americans, if, mm. if you can say that. Um, my mom ended up putting us in a school where my sister and I were literally the only Hispanics. Wow. So that's how I think of Fort Lauderdale, being one of very few Hispanics. 
and it very mm -hmm. quickly pushed us to learn how to speak, read, and write English. And mm -hmm. it was just out of pure necessity as a child because we wanted to play with other kids. And so I, I just remember that that in order to communicate, um, we just had to figure it out. It was just a shove into North America, if you will. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that had to be tough. It was tough because, um, you know, when we were in South America, when we were in Colombia, we were taught English, but they were very few words. Mm. And over here, we had to put everything together. Yeah. So um, I, I actually have a really great memory. We had a house with a pool and I would go ask the pool guy what this was. I would like point at a visual and have him say the word back to me so I could learn what it was. Aww. And and that's what Fort Lauderdale was to my sister and I. A lot of pointing and figuring out how to say it in English. Mm. So besides that, what would you say was maybe the hardest lesson that you had to learn as a child? Hmm. Um, as a child, as in family, or as a child, as in transitioning into a country? Either one. <laughs> Um, so I would say, um, as a child, since my parents are divorced, uh, I guess just learning that that's not forever, you know, mm. um, yeah. that, that parents can go ahead and take their, their separate ways. I, I would say that that was probably the, the hardest thing. Mm. I bet. Yeah. I mean, so did you stay with your mom in Fort Lauderdale when you and your sister in Fort Lauderdale? Yes. Um, okay. we, we ended up staying in Fort, Fort Lauderdale. My dad actually ended up moving back to Columbia. Mm. And um, uh, so back then, that's when things were really tough in Columbia. Yeah. That's when the drug lords were fighting with everyone. Uh, trying to take over politics, etc. So, um, Colombia unfortunately became a pretty dangerous place to mm -hmm. live, a dangerous country, especially where I'm from. I'm from Medellin, which is, mm -hmm. you know, home of two, home of the one of the biggest cartels, mm -hmm. uh, especially back then. So, my mom decided that it was best to keep us here uh, mm -hmm. for safety reasons and for opportunity reasons. Yeah. Um, just the fact that we were able to get a U.S.-based education, um, just those two key things made her stay here. It was not easy for her. It would have been much easier to go back to Colombia with a family that could help, but she kept us here. Mm. Did you ever worry about your dad? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hate to, to admit yeah. it. You know, that's a really good question. And, and a lot of people say, well, you know, what's your relationship like with your dad? And does it impact you? Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't. I, I don't have any ill feelings for him. Mm -hmm. Just like I don't have any positive feelings uh, for him. He's a stranger to me. Yeah. So I, I can't feel good or bad for a stranger. I, I, I don't know him. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's pretty much, I guess, where my heart is at as it relates to, to him. 
Yeah. Now, was faith part of your early years? Because, I mean, I know you grew up in the in the States and kind of, kind of in the Bible Belt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Fort Lauderdale would be in the Bible Belt, but you're in the kind of the South. Um, so had you been already exposed to faith in Colombia or was that something that you maybe were introduced to when you guys came over here? Yes, I was raised Catholic. Okay. I did my first communion in Colombia. Mm. And so when we came here, we continued to keep uh, ties to mm. to the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I'll say my relationship with Catholicism was not very positive, mm. meaning I think it had to do a lot with uh, just the, the churches that we ended up going to. And um, I, I remember a very specific service that led me to rebel against actually Catholicism. Mm. Um, and it was a church that was getting remodeled. Um, it must have been July or August in Florida. Mm. And they held service outside. And the priest decided that instead of an hour, it was going to be two and a half hours in the heat. My goodness. And I honestly just don't know what he was thinking, but he felt that in that heat and in that humidity, um, we should all kneel and like walk to the altar kneel. Oh my goodness. And that just did it for me. I, <laughs> I just, I'm, I must've been 11 or 12 back uh. then. And I just thought, God is not this. God, God does not want this. He cannot want this from us. Yeah. And so th th at that time, I just, I pretty much said to my mom, I'm not going back to church. Mm. And, uh, and I didn't quite frankly, until my thirties that I decided mm. to go back on my own independently in New York to, to a church I had heard really good things about. And that's when I started coming back in to the church. That's not to say that I had a relationship with God because um, that was another aspect of Catholicism that um, just me, Maria, party of one, was is not in agreement with, which is just a ritual. Yeah. A ritual and, uh, and a routine that you can do with your eyes closed and not really thinking about it or feeling and, yeah. and so when I went back, that's what I felt like. It's just up, down, pray, crucifix, et cetera, et cetera, out versus yeah. um, actually reading off the Bible and, you know, picking different uh, topics and making, making them relatable to every day. So mm -hmm. up until three years ago, it was very robotic and, and it was just that, but I would go to church because I felt peace. I felt rest mm -hmm. there. Yeah. What would you say was your biggest dream growing up? I mean, you're, you're growing up in a new country, surrounded by new things, new people in that kind of environment. What, what was something that young Maria would sit there and think about doing when she got older? I always dreamt, <laughs> I know this is superficial, but uh, just of being able to make enough money not to worry about money. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I'm not saying that I wouldn't, that I would mind being a billionaire. Uh, If anyone wants to (laughs) leave a couple of bags of money, that's absolutely fine. Um, But um, I, uh, I just, my dream was always to, to live without those types of worries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially just because, you know, when you grow up in a single uh, family, excuse me, um, single mom, household mm-hmm. you know you you grow up with that worry yeah so so that was my goal and whatever um shape that came I would be fine uh but that was one of my biggest goals yeah it my biggest goal yeah what would you say would be the hardest adjustment that you had to make after you moved to the U.S. um The different uh, ways of each culture. Mm. So the way we grew up, um, you have family literally living next to each other. I think Mm -hmm. that's very um, similar across Hispanic cultures where you're a unit that stays as close as possible, right? In the same Mm -hmm. neighborhood, you're in and out of each other's houses all the time. And in each other's business all the time. Um, and, you know, just the different celebrations that you get to do and you get used to in your home country. Yeah. Whereas here, um, I felt that things were a little bit just quieter, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, people are a little bit more separate and independent. Yeah. And so uh, for me, it was actually very hard to convince my mom to be okay with me going away to school mm. because that's actually something that we just, we weren't supposed to do or, you know, was not the yeah. norm. You mm. stay close as a family unit versus yeah. spreading out and like watching out for, for yourself or, you know, just doing things for, for yourself. Yeah. Is there anything from your childhood that maybe other people would, you know, go, Oh, I feel so sorry that, you know, that happened to you or you went through that, but you think about that same thing and then you're actually thankful that you went through it. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God. I can't say that mm, I had to go through anything hard mm-hmm. uh, in, in my childhood. Uh, my mom was very good about uh, protecting us and just making sure that we didn't, go down the wrong path and or were exposed to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. So I have to say that I had a very, very good, positive, healthy childhood. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yes. I can't say anything negative other than just hearing from overseas what was going on in Colombia. You know, I, I did get to hear from my cousins they grew up hearing what a bomb sounded like mm. because they would go off. But, you know, that's hearing it right. on the phone versus living it. Being there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned before that you wanted to make money. Like when you thought about what am I going to do when I'm older? Make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was there ever a certain career direction that you felt pulled in? And do you remember like when you first felt that? 
Dream-wise, I always wanted to be a pilot or an astronaut. Wow. Yes. But uh, my head does not work that way. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, I was pretty good with uh, algebra. I was not so good with calculus. And uh, when I got to college, I actually was going to pursue being a doctor. Uh, Just, you know, I think that kids get pushed that route to Mm -hmm. to be something um, uh, that obviously is going to guarantee success, if you will. So um, the reason why I let go of pilot or astronaut is just quite frankly, because I got discouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, I was told I was not tall enough. And that I had to have 20-20 vision, mm. which I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm five feet tall and I needed glasses since I was a kid. Um, so I got discouraged. I'm not sure whether or not that is really, really true. So I've heard not. <laughs> um, and so then the next best thing was going to be doctor, mm. which as soon as I got to college, I uh, very quickly realized I did not enjoy that much math or that much science <laughs> and uh, yes it's just my my brain could not wrap itself around it at that level you know for yeah. majors Aww. and so um after I, I was on scholarship and uh mm. after my gpa dropped you mm. know in danger of losing that scholarship i said let me stay here for summer recoup my gpa and uh, I'll just take something easy, you know, advertising. Oh, coming up with commercials. That looks easy. That'll be fun. I yeah. thought that the class was going to be watching commercials and analyzing them. Mm, that would be <laughs> nice. That would be nice, right? Um, and so I literally took advertising 101 to recoup my GPA, and I fell in love with it. It mm. was communications, and that's, that's when I found my future. Next time on Driven Forward, Maria talks about what New York City did for her career, as well as how she came back to God and reignited her faith. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. Thanks for listening. Many women ask how they can become a member of Forward. Journey Forward is the answer. Forward only exists because of the generosity of the Forward community. When you give your time, talent, and treasure to Forward, you make it possible for more women in the workplace to find their tribe and be empowered to become all God created them to be in work and life. We have a big goal in front of us, to empower 10 million Christian women in the workplace to change the world by 2030, and you have a part to play. Your financial gifts to Forward support the ongoing Forward operations, support services, digital content like this podcast, as well as our outreach and overall mission. Journey Forward is an easy way for every Forward woman to be part of the mission and vision of Forward through recurring donations at one of four giving levels. To learn more about Journey Forward and to find your level, go to forwardwomen.org and click on the Join the Journey tab at the top of the homepage.